0: On today's episode, the San Diego Padres split their two-game series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hugh Darvish makes his first start of the 2023 season. Manny Machado gets ejected for weird reasons. The bullpen implodes. The defense is whatever. What is going on here? But we also got a Hassan Kim walk-off home run, which is really cool and just immaculate, immaculate vibes. So we got a lot to talk about in today's episode, guys. You know what you are listening to. So let's get started. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres Podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, April 5th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but I promise you certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J A V I I P E N O. Or if you don't like my pop culture tweets that I sometimes fire off and just overall dumb tweets, let's just be honest, uh, check out at L O underscore Padres for my live tweets of the games and all my thoughts. Love interacting with you folks on there. And check out the YouTube where you can see me and my, my, my cool fits. Today I'm rocking a, you know, a Columbia kind of jacket. I've got the I Love You 3000 shirt again from from Avengers Endgame, of course. R.I.P. Tony Stark. Spoiler alert, I guess. Um, Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode, guys, we're going to be talking about the two-game set split, whatever you want to call it, against the Arizona Diamondbacks that saw a whole lot of weirdness, a whole lot of sloppy baseball in a lot of ways on the Padres' behalf, uh, but a lot of good vibes as well, all right? A lot of good vibes as well and a lot of things to talk about that I think serve as a little bit of a microcosm and a reinforcement of my criticisms of the team heading into the year uh, that I think showed up a little bit, but uh, also just in general, some weird kind of like just underperformers. And I think that the biggest underperformers so far uh, for the Padres this season have easily been their bullpen. Uh, I mean, it's it's to be expected to some degree. Drew Pomerantz is still hurt. He's on the IL. Don't get me wrong. Whatever they get from him is gravy at this point, so you can't blame it all on him being absent. But also, Robert Suarez is out, and that really takes a uh, that really, uh, that really stings not having him. Um, but for the most part, it's just been very uh, poor by the Padres bullpen today, and it wasted a pretty good Yu Darvish performance. All right, Yu Darvish was fine in this game. He goes five innings, only giving up one earned run on three hits. He did walk four, which is rare for him. He last year one of the biggest things that happened for him is that he just completely just mastered uh, the art. Of giving up, you know, free bases, I guess you could say. Uh he was great last year. Um he lowered his walk rate and went deeper into games. But it should be brought up that while he only did get three strikeouts in this one and there wasn't really all that much notable overall, you know, still in 2022 he was able to lower his walk rate down to four point eight percent, which was one of the lowest out there. In fact, it was the top nine percent of the league, as opposed to a six point five percent walk rate from twenty twenty one. So seeing those walks, again, it's his first start of the season, and it's important to note that He had a delayed start, right? This is definitely not a guy who was supposed to start the sixth game of the season. It's just the WBC stuff. It was some just didn't get the right workload, so they had to ease him in. So it was a little bit of a shaky, weird performance, but even still, uh, he didn't give up too much hard contact. You might look at his baseball savant and say, whoa, Cutter, second most used pitch in this game. He threw it 22 times. It was 24% of his pitches, and it was down five miles an hour. It's a little concerning for sure. The fastball was as good as ever, but it's a little bit concerning uh, that there was a little bit of a dip in velocity. But again, because of all this ramp up and the fact that his he had a, literally a delayed start into the season, I'm willing to chalk that up to that um, for sure so far. And if there's any kind of thing to make up for is that the spin rate on basically all of his pitches were up by a whole lot, uh, especially his um, cutter and his uh, splitter that he threw a couple times. But again, you is you and you've got to trust him. But I really do think that's. I thought he was honestly, perfectly honest. I did talk about this in any... You know, I didn't do a series preview, but I thought he might have got, got a little bit lit up uh, in this game. Not like torched, but uh, I think I what came to mind for me is, you know, early last year in the 2021 season against the Giants, he gave up like eight runs in two innings. I didn't think that was happening, but it reminded me of like maybe an early, early season you blow up. I think I could see that, all the makings for it, but instead he kind of kept things quiet. The problem, as I alluded to earlier, was the bullpen. Nabil Krizmat currently with a 16.88 ERA on the season. Uh, I'm pretty sure, assuming... Oh, my boy Homer did fantasy. Sorry, random tangent there. Uh, gives up three earned runs in this game with two walks over just one inning. ERA at 16.88. It's just not what you like to see. And Nabil Krizmat, this is now the second time that he's kind of been blown up uh, in a game so far this season. He gave up two earned runs on four hits in his last appearance. And Matt was one of those guys that... You know, maybe we could have predicted a regression. I don't know. Still early, but it is also worth pointing out that hey, he was a little bit almost too good last year, sub three ERA. Maybe I should have expected that. Maybe I should have talked a little bit and not have been so excited about it, just because I like watching him. I love the social media videos and whatnot. Um, hopefully, it's not that crazy of a deal for him, and he can bounce back. But also Luis Garcia, who's also who's definitely someone I would not have projected to fall backwards, had been good in his two prior previous. Uh, instances and I remember last year and that this is that is why I bring this up last year he was excellent at looking good for two appearances and then right when you need him to keep the game close he blew up um at least in the beginning of the season I remember there was a start against the Giants they did really poorly I have a tweet out there actually let me see if I can find it about Luis Garcia and um you know he gets he gets lit up in this game but a lot of that is because of some weird defensive and just a, an overall weird inning. By the Padres in this one in the let me make sure I get it right. Was it the top of the sixth? It was the top of the eighth inning where um Drawler Padermo gets a sacrifice, allowing Jake McCarthy to score from third. It was a bobbled sort of play by Matt Carpenter. He's unable to get the ball um as it dribbles down the first baseline. That was an out right there. You have a a double steal that happens in this one with a sacrifice fly as well that allows Josh Rojas to score. It was Really frustrating. Yeah, there was a moment when, you know, double steal attempt, Noel threw to second, and unfortunately they were stealing from third. Diamondbacks have a lot of speed. I will give them that, you know, with Ketel Marte, with Jake McCarthy, with for sure top prospect Cord McCarroll, They're a speedy team on the base paths, and I think that that's the type of team that can cause a lot of chaos for a team like the Padres that have a lot of questions for me and my perspective on defense. Uh, and I think you saw some of those errors in this game for sure. There was one point early on uh, in the game when the Dimebacks were coming up, you know, top of the sixth inning. uh, It almost kept the score at 5-2, to but then drops a, he he made a really good jump on the ball and it was kind of a sliding catch, but David Dahl, who I'm not going to slander at all after what he did in game one, but uh, he, you know, the ball goes out of his glove. So again, just a lot of weird defensive miscues um, for sure. And there's probably some others in this one, aside from the Carpenter and David Dahl play that uh, weren't all that great. So it was just a really messy inning by the Padres. And I think a lot of this is bullpen. I think a lot of this is defense. Um, I would say that the one that I expect to be better is the bullpen. I still think that guys like Wilson, guys like Hader, guys like Robert Suarez, when he gets back are going to make up for any deficiencies that may arise. But even still, it is a little bit concerning that Luis Garcia goes in there and only gets one out. Right. And they weren't even hitting the ball over the place, which might be a good sign. I'm going back and forth on this podcast already. might be a good sign that they weren't like killing Luis Garcia, right? They weren't like smashing home runs and whatnot. It was just the D-backs kind of like an old school small ball blow up inning. You know what I mean? This wasn't like guy took a walk, then the next guy hit a bomb, you know, back to New Jersey where I'm living, right? So that's not what really happened in this game, but it was still really frustrating and and annoying. And I think that there was a, an omen, a bad omen to start off the game uh, that we might have, we should have known from this very moment, ladies and gentlemen, that we were in for a weird game. Uh, and I think that that is Manny Machado's ejection that happened at the very beginning of this one that made Nelson Cruz have to pinch hit for him. Uh, but before we talk about him, I want to really quickly just run through and talk about the homies over at, you've heard them before, man. You know these folks. You know them. Come on, you know them. FanDuel. That's right. You love FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It is super easy to learn and use. It is great, and you can bet on everything from the money lines, a points scored, threes drained, steals, whatever, whatever you're thinking. You know, you want to be like Howie and Howie, whatever it is Howard Ratner and Uncut Gems. You want to say, yeah, I got Garnett rebounds. I got this and that. Well, Kevin Garnett is retired, so you can't do that. But uh, you can definitely bet on a whole bunch of things for FanDuel, guys, and you've definitely heard them before. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. Mm. Let's keep talking about this game, guys, because there's some other things to throw out there. First of all, I will say, very impressive that the Padres were able to get to Zach Allen in this game, um, who was their best starter. And that's, I think, another reason why I would have said that I thought the Padres might drop this one. But six innings from him, he gives up seven runs, or I'm sorry, seven hits, uh, amounting to four earned runs and five in total with one walk and only three strikeouts. He had a couple good ones. Don't get me wrong. There was one at bat. Uh, early on, Grisham had the had the advance. It might have actually been in the first inning or maybe his second time up. Uh, Grisham had a 2-0 count advantage and Gallon just went at him and just threw a nasty sinking pitch to get him. But for the most part, not a prime uh, elite start from Zach Gallon, who started off slow uh, to start this year, although I do think that he's legit and he's going to be a big part of this team. And is also responsible for arguably the most fair, two-sided good trade that I've seen in baseball in the last decade, which is when the Diamondbacks traded Jazz Chisholm for him, uh, for the Marlins. It's like, yeah, both those guys are really great and really interesting talents. Phenomenal stuff. But anyway, the big thing that I think people are going to be talking about, at least like gossiping about, is the Manny Machado ejection that happens in this game. Early on, his first at-bat, um, it is a 3-2 count, I believe. And whoops, I am playing audio for my little app. Uh, It was a 3-2 count, and Machado is, you know, fixing his gloves and whatnot, as many players often used to do uh, in baseball, from your Derek Jeters to your, you know, your Adrian Beltres, whatever you want to bring up, right? All sorts of guys have done this forever, and he's fixing his gloves and whatnot. And I forgot for a second the rule, but basically, you have to at least look at the batter and kind of be set to an extent. Uh, with eight seconds left, that is the pitch clock rule, and then you know everything else kind of transpires. You have to be ready with eight seconds, and then they've got to go right. So, with and and here's the thing they end up calling the umpire home plate umpire. Um, I'm blanking out his name right now, which is probably a good thing because I thought that what followed what transpired in this game was pretty shameful. Um, I'm gonna bring it up though, just so I have the right name. Um, But what happens is he calls Manny out on strikes for a pitch clock violation, and Manny is just sitting there like, what? And you can see him call timeout. Now, here's what I will say after giving it some time. Ron Culpa is his name, by the way. K-U-L-P-A. And R-O-N for Ron. Um, It looks like with eight seconds about to turn seven that he calls the timeout. It's very close. It's either hair right before or it's a hair too late. Okay. Do we want to really be living in this world where umpires are necessarily jumping on you because you didn't get it at eight seconds? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that because bottom line is, to its degree, to a very small degree, don't one get mad at me. Hey, man, you got to be ready. Come on, stop fixing your gloves. You know what I mean? Like enough with all this stuff. This is why people get mad at baseball uh, in my experience. But um, what I think was inexcusable is this, you. we can ju- leave it up to stuff. I thought he got the time out there. I really did. I think that it just turned 7 as you see his hand go up. But it is close, so I can see why the umpire might jump on it. But Manny Machado, afterwards, he's having an argument with the umpire. And then as he's walking away, or at least the last word it looks like he said, as there was a Twitter video that I saw, looks like he might have called him a a D-bag, right? Uh, uh, You know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on this here podcast. You know, but go look it up. That's what he called him. And then the umpire then tosses him immediately. Bob Melvin starts looking there. He's like, what'd you do that for? And the guy says, well, he called me that. And then Bob Melvin, literally, if you're watching the YouTube video right now of me, he just drops his head down, like slumps down, like, really? And that, to me, was the more offensive thing. I can understand the the, the, the strike violation, pitch clock violation, I should say. Um, but I really thought that ejecting Manny Machado was way too much. I thought that that was absurd. I think that people don't go out to the game to watch umpires. I don't care who the umpire is. You know what I mean? And I just think that just doing that is really wrong, especially early on in the game. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's still plenty of other Padres to be excited about, and you don't leave a game because of that. But it is really frustrating, you know what I mean, for you to get tossed like that. It's not like he was throwing the bat around. I do agree. Yeah, okay. Maybe Manny should have been more ready. Maybe he missed it. Maybe it was a violation. And, hey, if anyone was going to have a violation, it was Manny Machado. He voiced his displeasure early on, which he then kind of backed out on and said, I actually kind of like the rule now. But, He's the type of player, the way he plays and whatnot. I can see there was going to be some point this season, right, when this happened. And I think that is also worth pointing out. While I do think that it was incredibly weak and soft by the umpire to toss Manny Machado, and that was a big deal. And, hey, maybe some defensive stuff goes our way if Manny Machado's in the game. I don't know. I'm not going to blame the loss on him being ejected. But for me, I don't like it when people, you know, I saw some folks on the media side and Twitter side, Padres, Twitter, whatnot. I don't like this. Let's use this one instance to now say, see, this is why the rules are garbage. Game five of a 162-game season in the first inning, uh, bottom of the first inning, someone getting called out on strikes because of a pitch clock violation, even if it is our favorite player and superstar, that that's weak sauce. You're not going to... That's just a... A very cherry picking way of arguing things. And that's what people like to do, especially in sports media. And it's really frustrating, right? They'll find they'll be wrong for 90 hours, right? And then the one the 99th hour, one thing will happen. They're like, see? And that's what happens. And that's how you go viral and blah blah. blah. I could go on a rant on this all the time. As long as your take was true at one point, then nobody cares about the rest, right? Um so I thought that was ridiculous. Guys, it's still really great. I've enjoyed watching the games. I and don't be wrong, there's been a couple times when I'm like damn, I, I just straight up missed the last pitch. <laughs> I went to check my phone and I didn't even realize. But it's okay. It's good. And I think that we've had more stolen bases. And I think that that's a good thing. Good for the D-backs for being a team that has a lot of guys on that team that can cause chaos on the base, base paths. Good for them. Absolutely good for them. That's really good. I, I, There's no issues with that um, for sure. So when I saw people complaining about the pitch clock and saying this is dumb, and I know a lot of people responded being like, hey, well, you know, I, I, I'm i not saying that the game doesn't need to evolve, but like, can't we do it a better way? And my thing is like, th- that's the type of rhetoric, in my opinion, that I never really, it's not that I don't like it. I understand it. My thing is like, okay, then what do you think we should do? Because every time people are saying, yeah, I'm all for changing it, especially, particularly in baseball, every time a change comes, they're like, oh, but, but, but not that one. You know what I mean? There's always this different way. There's always these different asterisks that people put on sports and rules and changes that are trying to be more progressive that they're like, well, I think that you should do it that way, but not like that. You know what I mean? So look, we're trying, and they're going to tinker with it, and they're going to get it better. Maybe they'll speak to the umps and be like, all right, enough. Maybe they'll add an extra timeout for hitters or something like that. I don't know, but I just think that for now, guys, the sport has been pretty stagnant for a long time. I think it's very good that they're at least trying something. And I imagine, I imagine that the longer we get into the season, you'll probably see less pitch clock uh, violations for both batters and pitchers. I think that that's what's going to happen. I think guys are getting used to it. The minors, they've been getting used to it for a while. And I just think overall, I like the idea of making games faster. Um, and I just think that historically, when you look at baseball, especially, every time people have complained about rules, you look back and you're like, wow, you were complaining about that? You were complaining about the home run derby rules? You were complaining about... The, the challenging of, of home runs and, and extra plays, guess what? It never happens anymore. Even the replays are shorter. So that's just my kind of view on it. Uh, dumb, dumb, dumb ejection, and the MLB Umpires Association should be ashamed for, uh, I think, um, ejecting someone like that, especially for something that's relatively low-key, as, as May Machado did. Uh, I think you got to grow a little bit more of a spine there, in my opinion anyway. Come on. People aren't here to watch you. Um, so I didn't like that. But all that being said... There's still some positives in this game. We got some fun offense in this one. And while Manny Machado does get ejected, Nelson Cruz hits an absolute beast bomb uh, in this game. Not really the biggest beast bomb in the world. Uh, I'm just kind of making that up as we go along here. Um, It wasn't like the the most hard hit ball that I've ever seen in my life for sure. Uh, In fact, let me see if I can bring up Nelson Cruz's hit. His home run was hit with an exit velocity. Oh, no, he actually did hit it pretty well. Dang. Never mind. I was wrong. Yeah, he actually did all right here. 450 expected batting average, uh, 101.4 miles per hour exit velocity. Uh, Yeah, pretty good for him, but he hits a solo shot. That was really cool. Last year, he only hit 10 home runs. He's been really rough in the early going of the season. And in fact, to end the game, uh, Trent Grisham hits the hardest hit ball of the day for a home run. Uh, That's two on the season for him. He's looking good. He's looking good, guys. I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Uh, I was a lot... I entered the overreaction emporium early last year with Grisham. I, I turned out to be right with his offense. I'm not entering the overreaction Emporium just yet. I wanna wait one more week. But Grisham looks better. He even the foul balls that he hits, more aggressive at the plate. He's not letting those little inside fastball off speed things that kind of, you know, you attack him at the outside of the plate, then you throw a little nibbler on the inside that he just stares at and then they get him. Hasn't happened as much so far. Early going, but I'm impressed. Um, but the Nelson Cruz home run was very nice. But he does have, after that Grisham home run, we get a we get someone on base. I think it was Soto. And then Nelson Cruz, everyone's like, uh-oh, tying runner on base. And Nelson Cruz swings at something way outside the zone. A, like, kind of cutter that comes inside, swings through that, and then swings through another path. It was just really funny that we're all excited. Like, oh, well, he already hit one home run this game. And then he comes up to the plate, takes his three hacks and leaves. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Like, you got to have a little bit of sense of humor about these things. Although it was a tough loss uh, for sure, especially because of that top of the eighth inning. That was still uh, amusing for me. And he still got a home run this game. I think that he's looked pretty bad so far offensively, Nelson Cruz. Um, but maybe there's some hope on the Padres side. You know, he did have the eye surgery, was on a crappy team last year. Um, they are batting him high in the order, so maybe that speaks to them believing and they've seen something like, yeah, he could be a really helpful bat in our lineup. Although, granted, today he wasn't supposed to be third, obviously, but he has hit cleanup before for the Padres this season. Um, He only did third today because of the Machado ejection. Um, But we also, more importantly, more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, Austin Nola shut my butt up. He draws a walk in this game, which was very nice, and then he also had an RBI single in this one, uh, Austin Nola off to a pretty solid start for him by his stands with the walk and the single in this game. Um, I still, I still maintain my Luis Campizano thing. I am once again, playing audio from the phone. Um, but I thought that, um, you know, it's really good to see him there. I still think he's a fine guy to have on your team. I just don't, I think Campuzano should be playing more. And then lastly, Xander Bogart's home run. Oh man, it was so good. More home runs for Xander Bogart. It's already three on the season. Uh, He doesn't necessarily crush this one uh, as much as, say, Nelson Cruz and uh, Trent Grisham did, but still a pretty good one. 100 miles per hour off the bat. Expected batting average of 520. I will say, though, only thing, 374 distance. It was only going to be a home run expected in about 8 of the 30 ballparks. So maybe a little bit lucky on the home run side of things, but still, I don't care, man. It still counts. Who cares, man? He's still hitting at Petco, which is a really uh, not a hitter-friendly ballpark. So love to see that. But uh, I've talked a lot about this game. So before we get into the last game, guys, that we're going to talk about the really good vibes, I want to just remind you guys to check out a really special thing. You know what that thing is? It's fantastic. Ultimate Pro Baseball GM, ladies and gentlemen. Please download this app and check it out. It's great. It's great. It's the coolest game I've played in a long time for sure. You know. You know. At least from the sports world, because Lord knows I've played plenty of sports games and they're not always my favorite, but I kind of like the simplicity but also the depth. Easy to learn, hard to master, dare I say, is Pro Baseball GM. All you gotta do is go download it, it's that easy um, to do. You know, you guys know how phones and stuff work. Uh, you can, you know, you have to hire right coaches and staff. You have to manage salaries and team finances too. So not just the payroll, but the finances of the team. You know, you got to scout, you got to draft, you got to worry about the egomaniacs. You guys know I'm a diva personality. What do you got to deal with? Plenty of divas as well, and figure that out. Uh, so go check that out, guys. Um, monitor the free agency if you want to be AJ Preller, uh, fictionally at least. Uh, go check this out. It's a whole lot of fun. Been talking about it already. I have still yet to be fired. I know that a lot of the Locked On MLB folks have managed to get fired uh, as managers of their fictional team so far. Not your boy. Your boy's doing good. You're out here. I know what I'm doing, man. Uh, but Locked On Padres listeners, you can get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code. Look it up in the app stores, in the Google Play stores, in the whatevers, wherever you, wherever you get your fun games from. Just go check it out, guys. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. And we're back on here's podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As I take a nice sip of water, we transition into the first game of this two game set. We've already spent a lot of time talking about the first. Uh, the second game, I'm sorry, because in fairness, there was a lot of drama there, and I had to get my my soapbox rant about Manny Machado and the ejection done. But now we got to talk about this one, in which the Padres won, and there is some interesting stuff in this game. Not much to report on the D back side of thing, really. Um, again, I think that this team, this D Backs team, is good, so I don't think that there's a lot of shame in dropping a one of two game set, especially. In the way that they did. They have a lot of speed on the base path. There there strangely might be a little bit of a weird matchup for the Padres, to be quite honest with you. Um, But in this game, you get a a double from Cattell Marte, who's at a slow start. You get some stuff from Evan Longoria and Corbin Carroll, and specifically Evan Longoria does hit a home run in this game. Um, Late in the game, I should say. Let me see who it was. Yeah, it was the deep left center, crushed at 428 feet uh, to tie the game. And what happened again? No, it wasn't starting pitching. It was bullpen, Brent Honeywell, um, who I'm rooting for in this game, and he hasn't been terrible so far. He actually gets three strikeouts in this game, which was nice. He goes two innings, but he does give up that one uh, home run that ended up tying it. Stephen Wilson also gives up a run in this game. Again, bullpen has just been really messy so far. It feels like, despite the fact that the Padres biggest question entering the season has been the back end of the rotation uh and the fact that they don't have Musgrove and they didn't have Darvish until literally yesterday's game they've been pretty okay in terms of starting pitching that's actually hasn't really been much of a problem for them i have i don't have like the updated era stuff among starting pitching staff but they're certainly up there i think my, basically michael waka was kind of the only um pitcher that really got a little bit screwed on that and not to mention we had some era some boost, uh, what's it called? Inflated ERA numbers because some errors on the Padres' defense um, overall. But I just think you know, it, it's what happens. But in this game, starting pitchers wise, Ryan Weathers makes his first appearance since oh, the collapse. To be quite honest with you, yeah, it wasn't great, man. It wasn't great. You remember the collapse? Yeah, I know. I know. I know what you're thinking. You're listening to this podcast. You know, like I don't. I don't want to. Why is Javi why is talking about this? I don't want to remember the collapse. What's what's wrong with you? Uh, Well, hey, that's what happened. The last time we saw Ryan Weathers, this guy was a dude whose ERA went from a sub three to, I'm pretty sure, like a five seven in the course of like weeks. I mean, he was just getting absolutely murdered. And in this game... I'm just happy that he wasn't getting murdered. He looked pretty competitive. He was working the strike zone um, all over the place. And interestingly enough, his four-seam fastball velocity went up by 1.8 miles per hour. That was very interesting. Spin rate was up, uh, especially for uh, what the baseball savant anyway, classified as a sweeper. I'm saying baseball savant classified as because I still don't quite know what qualifies as a sweeper because it doesn't always look like it's a different pitch. It just kind of looks like a fastball or a slider sometimes. So I don't know. But whatever. Uh, In this game, he also generates 10 whiffs. Uh, and seven of them coming on his changeup. So that was really cool. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts in this game, only two, but he only did walk, run, and again, just for a guy that I didn't even know was going to, to be honest, make a start this early on in the season, uh, it was pretty solid. Like, I, I, I liked what I saw, and he wasn't getting lit up, and he's been down in the minors for a while working on things and tinkering on things. We saw some spring training videos of some little bit, uh, some tinkering going on, and we've got, we've got the voodoo doctor We've got the witch doctor. We've got the scientist. We've got the magical man of prophecy. I don't, I'm just trying to come up with new nicknames for Ruben Niebla, who's a really prestigious uh, pitching coach. Maybe he's helped him work out some things and maybe he learned something in, th- in the minors. But uh, only giving up two runs to this D backs team, I think, is a huge plus, especially for, again, considering that they shouldn't have had to start him this early. I, it's crazy that Darvish only just started and we haven't had no Musgrove. So that's really cool. Um, but it was the bullpen that really kind of messed up this game for the Padres. I will say, Evan Longoria is a fine player. This isn't a bad team. The Rockies games annoyed me because I'm like, damn man, out of the gate and y'all getting your butts kicked by this team. Damn, <laughs> like what's going on here? But Evan Longoria is a fine hitter. Um, you know, fringe Hall of Fame candidate. I don't think he is because he was just so bad post 30. But uh, it does not matter. You know why it doesn't matter, guys? Because we get a little bit of fun in this game. You know what that fun is from a guy that I'd say actually two guys that have been slandered. One of them lightly slandered and that was Juan Soto in the bottom of the first inning hit an absolute bomb 430 feet for his first home run of the year. Love to see that. I know some people were freaking out. Oh, his ground ball rate. It's 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 through the roof. Oh, what are we going to do? He's he's cooked. Ladies and gentlemen, he's cooked. I, I don't like it. He's swinging that stuff out of the zone. In fact, before yesterday's game, they were showing you the change in approach and his kind of a swing stance and all that. Well, guess what? I don't care. I don't care at all. Not, not, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and you shouldn't either, because he's Juan Soto. And he showed you why. He hits an absolute bomb in this game. And I think that I will say that Soto, I talked about in yesterday's episode, you know, and someone actually reached out to me, so shouts to them. Uh, You know, my my theory about if you knew the Padres were going to sign Xander Bogarts, would you have still made that Juan Soto trade? Especially if you knew that Tatis was going to be suspended. That would have been nuts. But I I just think it's it's just a question. I'm not saying I would not rather have him. I just want to be very clear about my opinions on that. But uh, Soto gets a home run here. He also draws two walks, which is great. That is peak Juan Soto stuff, uh, which is what makes him so vicious uh, for sure at the plate. So really excited to see how he goes on. Still expected a big season out of him. Do not like two series freak you out. But the big thing we got to talk about is, oh, the bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth, ladies and gentlemen. Because despite giving up that game-tying home run to Evan Longoria, you got a Corbin Carroll home run in there. Um, that, man, that Corbin Carroll one was rough. He's a freak. He's a freak. I like Corbin Carroll. But David Dahl. After being out of Major League Baseball, what I mean is being back in the minors, you know, he was an all-star with Colorado, a little bit inflated by the Coors Field stuff, but whatever. He ties the game after Scott McGuff, McGo, I don't know how to say his name, my apologies to Mr. Scott, but hits an absolute bomb um, off of him, which was great, 103.8 miles per hour off the bat. 890 expected batting average. It was lit. It was awesome. Uh, And this was not no Yankee Stadium short porch home run. Absolutely kills in. He's super ant, and I love seeing that. Absolutely loved it. Um, Just awesome. He loved to see it, right? I think that with the Padres, they're really going to need... Um, at least for these next couple weeks, someone like David Dahl to kind of step up a little bit. And he did at least there, and that was really a lot of fun, and I'm super happy for him. As you guys know, I'm a softie for the less-than-established players and whatnot in baseball. I love seeing them do well. Um, but I mentioned, everybody, some people lightly slandered Soto. People really did uh, over the off season. People reached out to me and were like, why are we not trading Hassan Kim? He's not good. You're telling me uh, baseball reference says he's a top five shortstop. I don't think baseball reference said that. But and also I usually go by Fangraph's war rankings, but Hassan Kim's a good player. Like, I don't know I just don't understand why I just think that maybe this is a case of being so used to superstars playing on your team, so used to making the big splashy move that you look like some you look at someone like Hassan Kim, who's currently been awesome, by the way, for the record. Uh, on the year, he's got 385 batting average as well, and he's been able to draw a couple walks, which is nice, but I don't understand how people look at Hasan Kim, and they see a 3.5 F4 type of player, and they're like, you gotta trade him, just because someone isn't a star, does not mean you have to trade them and Hasan Kim last year was admirable, filling in for El Nino, the goober you know, my, my bobblehead buddy here, because of the dumb stuff he did, right, and Hasan Kim comes in last year, and he at least is an elite defender. And I've seen more slander thrown his way, uh, especially over the off season, than I saw for Grisham to an extent. To an extent, I was like, Grisham's a good defender too, but like, dang, he hit under 200 guys. Like this isn't good. He developed into an average bat, and then you know made up for it with the defense, even if he was only an average bat. And this year so far, he's been above average, and he hits an absolute bomb. You see the whole team coming out. It's awesome. Walk-off home run for the Padres. Man, it was great. 105.2 miles per hour off the bat. It was phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. It was so lovely. I loved it, and I loved hearing in the stadium. I I, I could be wrong. I do not remember this from last season. Someone leave a comment on the YouTube or DM me. I do not remember people going Ha sug Kim, Ha sug Kim, Ha sug Kim like as a chant. I do not remember that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm forgetting. I don't remember that, but it was awesome. I saw I heard the Korean broadcast, uh, international broadcast, which was great. They were just losing their minds. It was so cool uh, to see him get a walk off, and he was thrilled. He's got the helmet, you know, flying through the air. You could tell he does like the fist bump, uh, not the fist bump, the like fist raise. What's that called? You jump into the air like Mario. I don't. I don't know what that's called. Like a, you know, like when you hit the jump. Whatever. Anyway, he does that and he walks home and then you see Manny because you know those two love each other, uh, very much. And then in the post game interview, you see Xander and Soto and Manny just get behind him with the water Gatorade celebration. I like that it was those three kind of being the stars, uh, celebrating their guy like that. That was awesome. Um, just love to see it for him. Um, and I think that anyone. This isn't an end. Any debate on Hassan Kim whatsoever? It's just here's a reminder not everything has to be a star. You know what I mean? Not everyone has to be a superstar. Um, and I think that Hassan Kim, there's nothing that says he can't get a little bit better as a hitter. Too early to say, but he showed a little bit of power in the WBC. That's kind of nice. But for the most part, what if he does become a little bit better as a batter? What if he hits 20 bombs this year? It's not impossible. Not impossible. Remember, he barely played his first year, played full time basically all last year, and got better, became an average offensive player. Maybe it's just taking him a little bit more time. That's okay. He's at least shown something. This isn't like, hey, I'm going to say it right now CJ Abrams ain't looking so good for the Nationals so far. That'll probably bite me in the butt. Don't get me wrong. He's probably going to be great. But that's it. Uh, Love to see that from Hassan Kim. To me, honestly. Makes up for a lot of yesterday's game. Just seeing that walk-off home run was a blast. And I know some of you Padres fans were upset with them being down by a run heading into the ninth. You're like, oh, my God, here we go. Don't give up on this team and their offense. Even yesterday's game with Nelson Cruz up to bat, they still had a chance. I'm worried about Cruz, though. He looked lost. <laughs> he just took his three swings. He just said, whoa. <laughs> it's like, cartoonish, man. I don't know what happened to him there, but... uh that's basically it, guys, for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. Um, tomorrow's episode, going to be my weekly roundtable, not roundtable, my weekly uh, catch-up discussion with Rylan Styles. We talked about opening day stuff. He has a take that's crazy. We talked about our power rankings and just general baseball stuff. I'm actually not going to be available for tomorrow, but it's okay because there's an off day anyway. So what the heck? You know what I mean? What do you want from me? There's no game for me to talk about. And then uh, we're going to probably do some stuff with the upcoming Brave series, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, Preview that series. That should be a blast. Um, Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. It's early on, but I'm already just so happy to have Padres baseball back. I'm still not over seeing Juan Soto and Xander Bogarts hitting after each other. It's still crazy. I just can't get over it. But uh, until next time, everybody, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful, my fire Faithful homies. Take care.